What was the best B2B content of 2021? That's a great question. Let's ask the audience. Hello, listener. You are extraordinarily welcome to a special end-of-year edition of B2B Q&A. Usually, this is the podcast that goes in search of an answer to your question about B2B content, but this time we're asking the question, you've provided an answer, and in the next few minutes, we'll crown 2021's best B2B content. We'll discuss the nominees with two brilliant guests and hear some content nominations from friends of the show. But before all of that, some introductions. My name's David Maguire. I'm Creative Director at Radix Communications, the B2B tech writing agency. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the wonderful panelists who selected the shortlist for this year's best B2B content. We have Ashley Faust, Atlassian's content strategy lead for software teams. Hi, Ashley. Hey, good to be here. Excited to talk content. And we have the head of content strategy at Boast.ai, Nadia Koja. Hi, Nadia. Hey, how's it going? Excited to be here as well. It's amazing to have you uh, both here. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, dialing in from uh, across the Atlantic and different time zones. And I imagine the weather's very different where you both are at the moment as well. Um, listener, if you want to have your say on the shortlist or if there's any great content you think we've missed, you can, as always, find Radix Communications on LinkedIn or you can tweet at us. Or if you want us to answer your question on a future episode, record a quick voice note and send it by email. Podcast at radix-communications.com Okay, so let's get on with it. So... Before we get into the first category, let's talk about the shortlist overall. This has been another bumper year for B2B content in terms of quantity. All the experienced writers I know have been really busy, but has that translated into quality? What do you think of the the shortlist and content in general this year? Nadia? Um, Yeah, I was pretty impressed by the shortlist of content. I think typically when you think of B2B content, um, or at least maybe a few years ago this is more of the case but a lot of b2b was heavily focused on you know um the clunky uh, data reports um without like heavy text not a lot of uh imagery not a lot of focus on engagement or actually you know thinking of your audience as an individual human that's reading it and it was very targeted towards like the bigger brand itself um so it was uh, it was refreshing to see a, the short list and see how creative some of the b2b content and just like the the content structuring itself was um, a lot of really great stuff came out of that. Sure. And what do you think, Ashley? Yeah, I agree. I think we, I feel like the tide is finally starting to shift where people remember that B2B does not mean that you're selling a faceless brand to a faceless brand. There's humans behind the brands. There's humans on the other side of the screen. And so I think that what we're seeing with the shortlist this year is really starting to show, hey, if you're going to do B2B content and you want to be competitive, you have to think about the humans behind the screen. And there's some pretty stiff competition. Um, And I also think that putting these things into more of a hub, not just, 
oh, here's one experimental piece of creative content, but it's really a mindset shift to focus on the audience. Um, I think that's what this year's shortlist demonstrates. Amazing. Well, let's jump in then uh, to the first of our three semifinals. It's the best short form or standalone piece of B2B content. We had four nominees in this category. Ashore Hedges blog post, The Chicken McNugget Secret Ingredient is Not What You Think. Postmark's digital comic, Postmark Express Journey to the Inbox. Telenet's interactive piece, Faites le test, quel type d'entrepreneur êtes-vous en marché de Wi-Fi? And Vengage's infographic, eight graphic design trends that will define 2022. Ashley, what stood out in this category for you? Oh man, so many things. I actually really enjoyed walking through this category. I think that um, all of them had really great visuals. They were all connected. Um, even if they were a standalone piece of content in terms of like a blog post, um, but it was very clear that it was part of a larger strategy. Um, the Assure Hedge blog post, you would never think that, you know, a hedge fund would have an interesting read and you would also never think that it would be about a chicken nugget. And so <laughs> I think that the surprise of that um, was just really delightful and then obviously serves their audience really well and helps them tell their story about their clients. Um, same thing with the Postmark Express, like, why would you make a webcomic? How fascinating. Um, and then obviously Vengage, you know, everything, the infographics really step up the game for data clarity and data storytelling, not just from a design standpoint, but really making it clear. Absolutely. Nadia, was there one that's, or more that stood out to you or anything that you kind of took away from this shortlist? Yeah, I think I think the really interesting thing about the shortlist is even the one piece that was a blog post didn't really like it was a very unique blog post. And I think when we think of short form piece of content, it's rare, rare that people will create an, you know, a comic, for instance, like that's not the first thing that comes to mind quizzes. Sure enough. But um, I think, yeah, more interactive, more kind of these smaller snippets of engagement that tell a bigger story, or let the audience pull away something um, that they can draw their own conclusions from is, is something that came across from this section, especially that, yeah, the chicken nugget piece, like a hedge fund talking about that, but even so it wasn't really about the recipe behind the chicken nugget, right? They were connecting it back to hedge funds. And I think I referred to this in the past as um, what I called mashup content. It's like taking this trendy theme or something that's a little bit more pop culture and tying it back into an adjacent theme um, is really useful in, in content. So I'm not surprised that, um, that they stood out in this category too. Yeah, so I, th I, I think, you know, Nadja might have hinted at it at, at there, but I mean, Ashley, you hosted this semifinal on your uh, LinkedIn feed. Uh, we also added in the, the votes that were emailed direct to us at, at Reddick. So would you care to confirm the, the winner from this semifinal? I believe it was a sure hedge, the story of the chicken McNugget. It absolutely was. Congratulations, a sure hedge goes through to the grand final. Now, let's hear who Doug Kessler of Velocity Partners thought had the best content this year. Favorite piece of B2B content this year. Um, I like the book Ask Your Developer by Jeff Lawson. It's called Ask Your Developer How to Harness the Power of Software Developers and Win in the 21st Century. Hardcover book. People don't think of that as B2B content, but it is, and it's excellent. It's really well done. 
I also really like, second is the MailChimp um, Presents shows. They do a whole series of shows that are really well made, and you got to envy that. It's good shit. Thanks, Doug. Uh, All the best to you for the new year. Our second semi-final is for the best long-form white paper or report. This one had three contenders. Polarised Perceptions of Corporate Health and Wellness by Aetna International, The Electric Opportunity by Calibrate, and Customer Data Breaches, When Will You Find Out by Scurio. Nadia, I know white papers are not always your favourite content, but you kindly agreed to host this poll for us on LinkedIn. I hesitate to ask, but what did you think of the nominees? Um, I I was surprised. You know, I feel like when I think about white papers, I think about the faceless gated piece of content that no one is allowed to see unless you give an email and then you're really surprised by what you get. Uh, luckily, in this case... Um, at least for me, all of these pieces were ungated, so I was able to actually take a look at them. Um, and yeah, I was impressed with a lot of them. I think they were really interesting and they provided a, a unique angle on the data rather than just presenting a num- like a bunch of numbers to an audience, um, which I think is the purpose of a white paper report is really presenting that angle um, and telling a bit of a story with um the data that you collect. In most cases, these are the purposes behind white papers and reports. I think they all did a good job uh, in doing that. I don't know what you what your opinions were on that. <laughs> no, I I I, I agree. I, I I'm biased because, embarrassingly enough, for the nominations, I had nothing to do with it. But I I did write one of these. <laughs> um, uh, Ashley, can I um, ask what uh, if there are any that stood out for you there? Yeah, I actually thought this category was really strong. Um, I think that, you know, first having them ungated so people can actually get get the story and speak to the humans, I think is huge. Um, this is another shift that I'm seeing in content, which I personally support a lot, which is the the shift in mindset that just because somebody fills out a form, they are not necessarily a lead. They are not an MQL if they fill out 10 forms. Um, And so instead really empowering the reader by giving them the data in an actionable way. Um, The other thing too, all of them were really well-designed. And so it's funny, you wouldn't normally think of a white paper definitely, and in some cases a report, as having some visually engaging elements. And so, um, yeah, I, I was really impressed by everything in this category. I was having a hard time uh, picking. Sure. I, and that, but that was something that we didn't have to do, that our uh, uh, audience did, um, by emailing us here at Radix and also um, voting on the poll on Nadia's LinkedIn. Uh, so, Nadia, could you uh, confirm the, the winner for us, please? The winner was uh, Calibrates the Electric Opportunity. Yeah, absolutely was. So congratulations to Calibrate, uh, who joins Assure Hedge in the final vote. But who did marketing consultant and social media specialist Luanne Wise think should have won this year? Hi, my name's Luanne Wise. I'm a marketing consultant and specialist in social media. My favourite B2B content this year? Well, I think as the most downloaded app of 2021, TikTok, it's taking the world by storm. And at the same time, it's presenting this whole new challenge to marketers who are questioning how they might get involved and if they need to get involved. 
So I'm nominating TikTok's own in-app resource, the Business Creative Hub, which shares the latest trends, advice, best practices. It's a really good quick cheat sheet for brands to get all the information that they need to build business cases, make decisions and get inspired. Thanks, Luanne. We appreciate the nomination. So we come to our third and last semi-final, the best B2B content program or hub. There were four strong contenders here. The Animals blog, Atlassian's team playbook, Canva's web content, What Will You Design? and Realize Your Vision by SohoNet. Ashley, Atlassian are in this category, of course. So perhaps I'd better ask you first, what stands out for you here? Sure. So I actually, this is another really strong category. I'm very glad I did not have to vote in the semifinals because uh, this category is great. Um, So obviously I have been a huge fan of animals and the team over there for a while. I think that um, they, they write smart content. It's very intelligent. It has a direct path into sales without being salesy. Um, They educate, they empower their audience. And then that makes you say, man, I need to work with these people. So they're an agency. Uh, So love animals. Um, I I highly recommend people check out their work. Obviously, Atlassian, I am a huge fan of the content that we create. The thing that's so cool about the team playbook is that it's really meant for teams and everything is actionable and it's completely ungated. And so we are very passionate about empowering teams. And so if you go to the team playbook, there's a ton of stuff to help you run better retros. Um, There's great information about roles and responsibilities and helping teams work better together. So I love that. Um, And then Canva, again, I think that their whole experience to go from SEO into templates and then a very smart conversion path into product um, without it being overly salesy, I thought they did a great job. Um, I was actually not as big of a fan of the SohoNet um, hub. I think... I know I, it was, it was very, it was visually beautiful, but it, it, I was struggling a little bit to kind of see the tie-ins that I think Mm. the rest had in this category. So um, again, I, I think that it's strong, but I, from my perspective, the other three were much stronger. Yeah. I I think that's, that's, that's probably fair. I I, I was personally, I think a big fan of the way Soho Net, um, just curated stuff with a very defined target audience and just curated stuff that would just be really, really interesting for, for them. Um, Nadia, what stood out for you about this category? Um, yeah, it's funny because, I mean, I've having been a part of with clients or with teams rebuilding and redesigning um, the resources hubs or the content hubs for a lot of different sites, these are usually the ones that are my go-to reference points. Um, so I'm not surprised that like in this category, um, I think, yeah, I agree. Like the animals blog animals has done such a great job with becoming a thought leader in content through Mm. content. Um, because like, I I remember when like they first kind of were starting out and they were kind of doing a little bit of guest posting here and there, and then, uh, just like it kind of exploding into the leaders of how to do content, um, same with Atlassian, like I referenced the Atlassian content hub and various different products through Atlassian um, as a resource as well. I have my own uh, I, my own biases around uh, Canva versus Vengage, so I won't speak too much to, to that. But um, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think I, I, I do agree with you, David, on, on Soho Net. I think that it was extremely, it was very specifically curated. You could tell that they were targeting a really, really specific audience. I mean, I didn't necessarily, I'm not the right audience for them, but, um, but visually appealing. I watched the video was, um, really unique, like really showed the, um, they're talking about the soul of a story. And I think they kind of captured that with the video, um, I think maybe in terms of like the technical element, it would be cool to have like a snippet of that play automatically so that people don't have to click in and watch it. They can just see that unfold. Um, so there are maybe like some technical changes I would have made on there, but um, this particular page, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call it a content hub it seemed more like a page. So I don't know if it was in the mm. right category um, that just kind of highlighted the, the different partners or people that they were um giving a shout out to so that's the one piece where i'm like i don't know if it made sense in the same category and if it really competed in the same way as some of the others yeah absolutely well um this poll was fought out uh on my linkedin page um as as well as in the radix inbox so i can officially congratulate animals uh, whose blog has been awarded this year's Best Content Hub. Um, and congratulations, animals, you complete our lineup in the grand final. Before we move on and see who won the, the winner of winners, who did the relentlessly helpful LinkedIn guru John Espirian back as having the best content this year? My vote for B2B content of the year would be for Gong, which is a revenue intelligence platform firmly in the b2b market and they are non-boring and they really stand out on linkedin through their relatable posts they do a lot of text only content which if you look at a lot of b2b tends to be very image focused or document focused but this is very much text-based and it really works well and their engagement is just off the scale there's no one particular post that i would pick out it's their consistency of presence and the light-heartedness of tone that really gets them a lot of attention and a lot of business and surprise surprise they've now got almost a hundred thousand followers they're doing a really good job and a great example to follow thanks john and season's greetings to you So we have our grand final lineup. We have a sure hedge, we have calibrate, and we have animals. Voting was underway for uh, a week uh, on LinkedIn uh, and by email. I can confirm it closed uh, a little while before we recorded this. Um, before we reveal those results. Can I ask each of you for a final thought, but that something that the listener can learn from the shortlist this year? Um, Nadia, can I come to you first? Yeah, I think there's probably a few different elements here because we're looking at different parts of content and different functions of content. Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing that stood out is, uh, again, design and copy comes back to everything. So a lot of people say like copy is everything. I don't think that's it. Design's not everything. I think you have to be able to really match and marry the type of story you're telling to the design and create that visual communication, visual narrative. And that's really the example behind everything that stood out here um, across each category. So that's my takeaway. Absolutely. And Ashley, for, for you, what can the, uh, the listener learn from the shortlist this year? 
I think that the biggest thing is that all of these finalists treat their audience like the audience is smart. They know that they're not going to trick anybody into buying anything. And so they make it very clear and very easy for them to consume content, get educated, get empowered. And oh, by the way, if you do need our services or you do want to buy something from us, it's very clear how you do that. But they're not, it's it's not a thinly veiled sales pitch. There's no hard selling in any of the content. It's basically just saying, we know our stuff so well and we respect you as an audience so much that we know that when you're ready you'll come to us and we can help you solve your problem. So I think that's the biggest thing is just respecting the audience um, and moving away from such a a hard sell for content. Amen to that. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much both uh, for the the takeaways there and for for all the help you've given us in uh, putting the shortlist and the the vote together uh, this year. It's very much appreciated. So... It's time to reveal the final results of the the combination of the email vote and the LinkedIn poll. I think we'd probably agree that all three of the finalists could have been a worthy winner. But this is the bit where they're on tenterhooks. So according to the audience, in third place, we have animals. I'm like, I thought... I would have put animals as like first or second. Again, Calibrate was great, but I'm slightly Uh, surprised. I'm a bit surprised too. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, uh, it comes down to the, it comes down to the vote. In second place, we have Calibrate with the electric opportunity, which means that the winner and this year's best B2B content as voted for by our audience is a sure hedge with their blog post the mcchicken nuggets secret ingredient is not what you think they have it it's a surprising one but that's officially the best content of the year according to the audience what do you think happy surprised how do you how does that make you feel I'm not surprised that they won. <laughs> Especially when you give people like a short list of titles, people are going to click. It's clickbaity, right? Too. So people probably clicked on that first. They probably read it in its entirety, eventually get through the rest of the list and they're like, oh. So that's part of one of the reasons I think that, you know, having a really good, really good copy and a really engaging title can do a lot more than just having a really great piece of content. Oh, a title is so important. You know, so much of the of the time of a copywriter should be spent on on the title and the and, and the first two lines. Ashley, how about how about you? Yeah, I agree with Nadia. I think I think the fact that the title was so quippy and the story was so unexpected. I think the other interesting thing is that um, it was very unexpected. Like the other two, you can kind of see the thread. Um, of what their goals are and how they're positioning th- themselves as thought leaders and how that directly ties to the business. And so I think that a sure hedge um, all the way around, it was just kind of like, oh, this is how interesting. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be said for surprising and delighting the audience. Absolutely. I don't think that that ever gets sold. And there you have it. The best B2B content of 2021 is a sure hedge.
Huge thanks to you, Ashley and Nadia, for your time today and for all that you've done to, to bring all this together. Uh, thanks also to everyone who nominated, to everyone who voted, and to all the nominees. There's so much good stuff to learn from in this shortlist. Please remember, listener, it could be your question that we answer in a future episode. If you have a question for B2B Q&A to answer, email a voice memo to podcast at radix-communications.com or find us on social media. I'll see you next month for another B2B Q&A when we'll be trying to answer the eternal question, how do you keep your content fresh when you're writing about the same subject all the time? Until then, make good content, have a wonderful festive season, whatever and however you celebrate, and remember, winning is a bit like old age. It isn't everything, but it's certainly better than the alternative. Nadia, thank you so much, um, and goodbye to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was nice to be here. Take care. Absolute pleasure. And thank you too, Ashley. Thank you ever so much. Yeah, this was super fun. I'm glad we crowned a winner for this year's best content. And thank you, listener. Take care. Bye-bye.